to have with you and ready prepared for Easter next Sunday. Good morning, everyone. It's wonderful uh, to have you join us this morning, to see you uh, uh, on our Facebook Live and joining us in uh, this celebration of Palm Sunday where we celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus. And we really get to know him as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This Sunday is, a, is the start of Holy Week for us as believers, where we take a journey from the triumphal entry all the way to the cross on Friday and then next Sunday to Resurrection Sunday. And we're looking forward to uh, what God will speak to us all this week. Now, the celebration for Easter this year is so much different than we had anticipated. But I don't think that it's a coincidence that everything is happening during our Easter season. Because if you know your Bible very well, you know that the Easter season follows along too with uh, what we remember from the Old Testament and Passover. And I was thinking this week, especially uh, when I heard the, the, the authorities get up and tell us that we should expect this week to be one of the uh, worst weeks in cases of COVID-19 and even anticipation of people dying and passing away because of it could be the worst week yet. But I remembered, God brought to my memory, amen, Passover. And the blood of the lamb over the doorpost of each and every one. I had several leaders in our church send me messages and just say, we don't think this is a coincidence. We believe that the blood of Jesus put over the doorpost of our home protects us. Not only does it protect us for this, but it protects us from, uh, you know, the things that are happening spiritually. And so next Sunday, on Easter Sunday morning, at the end of our celebration, we're going to take communion together. And so I want to ask you as your pastor, this week, begin to prepare. Prepare spiritually. Talk to your family. Work your, your, uh, your relationship out with each other and with the Lord and those things. Um, if you don't have supplies for uh, communion, I encourage you um, inside of this. Get your supplies, grape juice and, and the bread. Even maybe this week, uh, make some bread as a, uh, with un, uh, without any leaven in it, as a family, as an exercise of getting ready for communion. Make communion this week a part of your plan for Sunday morning as a family. Watch what God will do and how he will speak to you. And it, it's, an, it's incredibly important uh, to us as a church to be together in this way. And God has made a way for us to do that. And so I just wanted to share that with you as we prepare this week and what we're looking forward to and what we're doing. So uh, we're excited that you're with us today. We're, we're excited of all of our visitors that have joined us, all the new people who are chiming in, all the people that have joined us on our live service. We're anticipating God to speak to you right where you're at, right there in your living room, right in your kitchen, right in your home where you're at this morning. God is going to speak to you and your family. And so as we go into worship, I want you to just do what we normally do. Just take the hand of the person next to you and let's pray and let's begin to worship the Lord right where we're at. Amen. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, thank you for your goodness. You've brought us together, Lord, again, even though it may be 
uh, Lord, over live stream and over technology, God. But God, you're using this for your glory and for your honor. And so this morning, God, right now, where each and every person is, hand in hand, God, we have joined our hearts and lives together to come and worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, you said where two or more are gathered, there you are. And so I know, God, not only are you here in this place this morning, but you're in each and every home. And so, Jesus, just be Jesus this morning. As we celebrate your goodness, it is Palm Sunday. It is where we cry out, Hosanna. It is where we cry out, Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so, Jesus, come triumphantly right now in this place, in each and every home, as we celebrate your goodness. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor for it. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on and worship with us as we watch what Jesus will do, as we experience his presence together. Amen. In the name of Jesus, worship with us. We'd like to welcome you this morning. We just join you to sing with us, worship with us, and let's just praise the King. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. 
So we're ready to sing. 
this song is going to be a fun song. We're going to play with the, like a Brazilian beat kind. So I want to encourage you to stand up and worship with us. You got to come on. Johnny, can you play the beat a little bit? You got to come on, move a little bit. You can raise your hands and worship with us, okay? Let's do it again. this part. Sing your name.
Come on, lift up your voice, sing your name, your His name. Hallelujah. You are great. So we introduced this song last week, Graves into Gardens. We just we're just gonna prophesy again this morning that the Lord turns graves into gardens. He turns bones into armies. He turns seas into highways. He's the only one who can. Our God, our Father, is the only one that has the supernatural, miracle-working power that can defeat this disease, but he can also defeat your anxieties and your fears and your addiction and your marriage and your relationship with your family and your friends. He can do that. He's the only one who can. So whatever situation you're going through right now, sing this and prophesy with us. search the world but it couldn't fill me man's empty praise and treasures that they are never enough and you came along and put me back together Every 
Just take two minutes. Just start praying. We've been praying every night at six, but we don't need to wait till then. Right now, grab the hand of your, your spouse. Grab the hand of your children right now. Just start praying for a miracle. What an opportunity for our God to show off his gift of healing. What an opportunity for God to show the world who he is. What an opportunity for the world to see who our God is, who my God is, because my God's a healer. My God's a healer. For two minutes, let's just start praying.
your touch, Lord. We receive healing now in Jesus' name. Thank you that all we have to do is touch you. And we know that your presence surrounds us. So we thank you for that. We're going to introduce a new song. Another new song. I promise it's the last new song for a while. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how long we're going to be in this. But this is a song that um, we did a lot when I was in New York at Elam. And it's called All Hail King Jesus. You might know it. But in this song, we just, we're just coming to God in reference. He's saying, God, we bow before your throne. We bow before your throne, God, and we just admire your presence, admire your power. In this song, it talks about, you know, there was a moment when the lights went out, when death had claimed its victory. There was a time when as we're, as we're um, celebrating Easter, we remember that when Jesus was arrested and when Jesus was on the cross and when he died on that cross, death thought that they claimed victory. Death thought that it was over. But the earth began to shake and the veil was torn. What sacrifice was made as the heavens roared. And this is where our victory stands. Death thought that it won. Death thought that they defeated Jesus and defeated us, but they were wrong. Satan was wrong. The enemy was wrong. Jesus rose from the grave, and that's where we find victory. And we just come in this place of thankfulness and gratitude of God. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And as we close today with this song, sing with us, All Hail King Jesus.
time, all hail King Jesus, every voice. Thank you, Lord, that you have come to meet us. Your presence, God, is so powerful, Lord, in our, in our midst. Thank you, Lord, that you reach out and touch each and every one right where they're at this morning. All over this world, God, right now, in the name of Jesus, you are touching and ministering. And Lord, we just cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Thank you for your wonderful presence. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for joining us this morning, right? Uh, thank you for being here. What a powerful time it's been already uh, just in our worship set and uh, just meeting Christ in this way and, and, and beginning the, the, the start of Holy Week for us. Um, I can't tell you how excited I am for this week. It is completely different than it uh, was planned, but God is in it, and I'm excited about that. And as you're getting settled in, you get your Bibles out and your notebooks ready uh, uh, for what's going on. I'll remind you of a couple of things. The kids' notes for the sermon are on the app, so you can go right there and get those and move through that. Uh, they're, they're on the Facebook post. Make sure you do that. You can go right on there and get them. Uh, and I want to talk to you for just a minute. Uh, remember, um, the FFM, the hashtag FFM2020 picks and uh, the hashtag the church has left the building. Uh, post your family worship pictures on there. I love in the afternoons, on Sunday afternoons, being able to just scroll through there and see everyone worshiping in their homes and, and sharing those things. And share the Facebook Live right now if you haven't already. If you have, share it again. Help us preach the gospel. The Bible says that the gospel's got to go global, and we have an opportunity to do that. We never imagined that God would have to clear out the building in order to get us to push the gospel global and give us an opportunity to do that. But what a great opportunity, so do that. And want to remind you of communion next week on Sunday at the end of our service. And uh, our team has put a recipe for unleavened bread right there on the Facebook page. You can make it a family event this week as you get prepared and plan. 
um, and uh, we're excited to see um, uh, that opportunity for you grow in those things. Now, before we get into the message this morning, again, so many of you contact me each week and, and just say, Pastor Don, uh, we, we can't wait to get back in the building together in worship. Uh, thank you and the leadership team for, for making service available for us. Uh, the prayer every night at 6 p.m., uh, and the marriage devotions every morning at 9 a.m. They're, they're so great. But the question keeps coming up, how do we continue to give? How do we continue to give? And, and I'm glad that as an eldership team, we're not having to beg and do those things. You're asking those questions. You could go right on the app and, and do that. You can mail your, your tithes and your offerings right into the ministry. Um, there's all kinds of ways you can continue to do that. It's incredible. And also, uh, for our Easter offering. Now, for those of you uh, who, who know from Foundation Ministries, for the last 16 years, we have always said that God gave us very best at Easter, and we wanted to come and give our very best uh, in our Easter offering on Sunday morning. We are still going to do the Easter offering this year, even though we may not be in the building to take it up. Now, um, there's been a lot of questions. Do we postpone it? Do we not? But as an eldership team, we felt like that was so instrumental in a part of who we are as how we worship, that yes, we're going to do it. Our media team has put uh, uh, the, on the app, on the giving side, a specific tab for your Easter offering. And so the amount that you and your family feel like you want to give to the Easter offering this year, uh, we want you to go and do it on that tab right there. Uh, again, if you're not using electronic giving, then you can mail it in. Just make sure the memo says Easter offering and those things. I feel like this year it's more important than ever to do it. Not because there's a need for money in the ministry, but because it's some sort of us worshiping together on Easter like we always have. It's that, it's that community event that takes place for us on Easter, the Easter offering. Now, this year we've said we're going to revision it. Originally, we said we're going to pave our parking lot with it and those things. But this year, as elders, we feel like what we want to do is we want to uh, receive that offering and make sure that the ministry has a backup for budget shortfalls. If it happens during this time, we don't know when we're going to be able to get back in the building. Many of you are out of work and those things. And also for our full-time missionaries, the Lawrences and, uh, and Sydney uh, who wired who are on the mission field and to make sure that nothing happens to them that they're provided for. So we're going to need you to give more than you ever have thought about giving. What if, uh, what if this year our Easter offering is more than it's ever been and we're not even in the building? In the middle of a crisis, it can happen. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Think about it uh, and pray this week again about what the Lord would have you do in that. Amen. So it's great. Thank you for your faith and your support in the ministry over the next few weeks. Uh, we don't know when. We'll be released to come back in the corporate service. But we know when we do, we're going to have a great time of celebration. This morning, um, this is a crisis of faith part three. Our sermon series that I, I, I scrapped the original Easter sermon series because we felt like as an eldership team, God wanted to speak a relevant word about our current situation. Not only here, but around the world and Easter combined. And so God has been sharing that and sharing that. Today's no different. Today is Palm Sunday. And so I just want to encourage you, turn with me in your Bible, if you will, to Luke chapter 19 and watch this. Luke 19, verse 28. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead 
going up to Jerusalem. And when he drew near to Bethpage of Bethany at the mount that is called Olive, he sent two of his disciples saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt on which no one has yet set. Untie it, bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, you shall say this, The Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road, and he was drawing near already on the way down the Mount of Olives. A whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered and said, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the reading of the word. Bless it to the hearing of our heart and the receiving, God, of our, our lives. Let us, God, just receive this seed on this powerful day, Palm Sunday. Help us, God, to prepare our hearts and lives for the triumphal entry of Jesus. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Now, today is a day where we celebrate Palm Sunday. Today is a day where we understand and see Jesus as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's all about Jesus' triumphal entry. It's all about who he is and what he's doing. And I want you to grab a hold of this because Jesus' entry into Jerusalem came at a time of great chaos and struggle in the world. Think about that for a moment. There was such chaos and struggle at that moment in time. People were living in a time where their world was being crushed and crumbling around them. And they longed to be saved from what was happening. God's people were crying out because of the oppression of the Roman government. And, and, and they were crying out whether they would ever experience or see uh, God come and save them and deliver them. It was a time of great turmoil. It was a, a political unrest, a military power, oppression like you had never seen before. Their world was falling apart around them. Today, on this Palm Sunday, hello somebody, it's no different for us. It is a time of great chaos. If you turn on the television, if you turn on the news, if you listen to the radio, if you just talk to your neighbor or friends or family, everyone is watching the world. And the whole conversation is around the chaos that's happening. Every bit of right before our eyes, the world that we knew is not the same. Hello, somebody. The whole planet is longing for something to save them. Will we find a cure? Will there be an antidote? Can this virus be stopped? What's the answer to it? Do we all just lock ourselves in home and not go out? Can we go out some? Can we talk to this one? Can we go here? What do we do? Is there some medicine we can take? Everybody's got these questions. We're, and the questions all surround, will something save us? It's no different than they experienced 
on the first Palm Sunday. Think about this for just a minute. And I don't care who you are, you cannot see this as a coincidence. Not that this kind of situation would happen on this week. The same week where we're encouraged to think about Passover. Hello, someone. The whole planet right now, not just America. Listen to me. Not just Christians, but non-believers are like, everyone is looking for something to save us. Come on, somebody. And the question is, will we ever be the same? And I hope not. I hope we will never be the same. The worst thing that could happen to us when this event is over is that we go back the way we were before. We must not stay the same. We must never be the same again. I firmly believe that preaching involves two major things. First, preaching should explain the Bible and how it relates to life right now. And second, preaching should take life as it is right now and explain it in the light of the Scripture. Hello, somebody. Preaching should always explain the Bible and how it relates to life right now. Preaching should always take life as it is and let it be viewed in light of the Scripture. My goal today is to accomplish both of those things with Palm Sunday. In order to do that, though, I'm going to have to take the story of Palm Sunday in Luke 19 and Psalms 46. Now, when Psalms 46 was, was written, it was written in the context of a catastrophe. Catastrophic chaos was taking time. It was troublesome times. There was unparalleled uncertainty at the time that Psalms 46 was written. A writer was watching his world crumble around him. And in this psalm, after verse 3, after verse 7, and after verse 11, he uses a word, Selah. It's an interesting word, and I want to explain that to you in the context of where we're at right now. The best way to think of this word Selah is in the midst. Of, it means to pause, really. It means just to reflect. It means to pause, reflect, and then praise. So at the end of verse 3, the writer of Psalms 47 wants you to stop right there, and he wants you to pause, he wants you to reflect, and he wants you to praise God. Then he moves on. Now, we're going to do that today. I want you to grab a hold of this because it's very, very important, especially today in the time that we live. You and I both know that the, the local authorities and the federal government have told us that this coming week we should expect the worst of it. Hello, someone. This coming week we could expect the worst that we've experienced so far from this crazy virus. God is our refuge. Somebody say amen. Listen to me. God is our refuge. He is our strength. He is our very present help in a time of trouble. Now watch this. I want to show you his promise. I want to show you this morning that he is for you. Psalms 46, 1 through 3. Watch this. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though it is waters roar and foam 
though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. Pause. Think about this. The name of God is Elohim. And it's a powerful name. Right here in Psalms 46, the psalmist opens up and he says, Elohim is our refuge and our strength. He, he did that on purpose because in the beginning of this psalm, in the middle of the time that he's writing this, where there was unparalleled, catastrophic chaos going on, he uses a particular word that would cause us to see God as the creator, the king, the judge, and the savior. That's what the word Elohim means. Right there, he opens up with creator. He opens up with king. He opens up with judge. He opens up with savior in the midst of this. Listen, in the midst of COVID-19, God promises to be our refuge, our strength, and our help. That's why this is so powerful. That's why this day is so important because you need to understand that today, right now, on Palm Sunday, God is not pointing to something else or someone else to be a, a, your refuge. He's not referring to you or asking you to believe that government can be your refuge, that medicine can be your refuge, that work can be your refuge, that your bank account can be your refuge. No, right away, right there, God is pointing to himself and he says, I, I will be your refuge. Right there on Palm Sunday when the King of Kings rides into the street, what Jesus is demonstrating is, I am the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I am Elohim. That word refuge is an incredible word because it's a place of trust. Come on, someone. It's a place that you flee to. It's an impenetrable shelter. And so, I'm reminded that in these times when we are, are told to shelter in place, take refuge, shelter in place, stay in a place you can trust, stay home, hello somebody. See, if you stay home, you can trust that you don't get, if you stay home, they're saying shelter in place, find refuge, stay in a place, flee to a place you can trust. I want you to understand right now. God is our refuge. And we need to cry out like the psalmist in 142. Psalm 142, 5 says, I cry unto you, O Lord. I say you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Come on, somebody. God promises to hide us in his shelter. To strengthen us. And the psalmist is telling us here in Psalms 46 that he is a very present help in a time of trouble. And I don't know about you, but I've never experienced a time of trouble like this. Right now, God is present. Right now, God is present. He's not abandoned us. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I serve a God who comes to assist us when we are in need. Psalms 9, 9 says, The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in a time of trouble. God is our refuge. Come on, somebody. He's a very present help. It, it means God is quick to give assistance. He is right now everything we need. Come on, say that with me. He is right now everything we need. He is right now everything we need. And he will be everything we need in the future. God has proved himself to be a help in the past and so we can trust him in the present. Somebody say amen. 
In verse 2 of Psalms 46, listen to what he, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way. I want, you to, I want you to stop for a moment and just think about what he's saying. Because in his mind, he is literally picturing the unmaking of the world. In his mind, as he's writing, though the earth gives way, he is seeing an undoing of Genesis chapter 1. Yes, he is. Because we're told in creation that God begins to form the earth. God makes all the things. And he's picturing in his mind what it would look like if the sea, hello somebody, were to swallow up the mountains. He's picturing in his mind what it would look like for everything that God has created to fall apart. Though the earth gives way, though creation falls apart. He's seeing the landscape suddenly change. And then in the midst of all of that, what he's telling us is, even though that might be happening, even though in your life right now, that might be look, it look like what's going on. What he's telling us is that you can trust God. Pause for a minute and remember who he is. Pause for a minute and think about the one who created everything. He is a refuge in a time of war. And we need to look to him to believe that he can fix these things when it looks like the world is falling apart. Maybe right now, you, you're, you're one of those people, you're at home, you've lost your job because of what's happening. You've been laid off, you've been furloughed, your income has stopped. Or, or maybe you're a person right now in this place who's one of your family members is experiencing this virus and going through this and you don't know what's going on. Maybe you, you don't understand how you're going to go forward and all the plans that you have. Your whole world is falling apart. Hello, somebody listen to me. Verse 3 describes waters raging and roaring. Maybe it, 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 it's almost like a picture of war. Hello, church. Every continent on planet Earth right now is experiencing the commotion and the fret and the anxiety about what will coronavirus do next. It's the unmaking of the world that we know. Hello, somebody. It's the unmaking. Let me tell you something. I'm going to be honest with you this morning because that's my job is to be honest with you. Listen, our pride and our invulnerability as a people has been replaced with a quaking and a concern about the future. It's fair for us to say right now that the entire world has been humbled by this pandemic. Oh, listen to me, church. This virus is like a pestilence. It's like a pestilence, and it seems to be stalking the entire world. It's invisible. It's in the darkness of the night, and it feels inescapable. Man, if I go out, if I do this, if I do that, it, what happens? God is in control. And in these moments, we can run to him for a refuge. The psalmist is saying to us, when our security is suddenly faded away, when it's all gone, we need to seek God himself. Our sense of helplessness and fear should drive us to Jesus. Come on. Palm Sunday reminds us of his promise. And his promise is, I'm the king of kings. Come on, church. His promise is, I'm the king of kings. His riding into Jerusalem and the triumphal entry the, the week before his crucifixion is a promise to us that he is king of kings and Lord of all. 
That's his promise. His promise is, I am for you. Hello, church. Even in the midst of the time when the world is falling apart, I am for you. I am still king. I am coming riding in my triumphal entry into your life. Listen, it's easy to trust God when he does what we want. But I'm going to tell you this morning, it's in the times where we don't get what we want that I believe we grow the most in our faith toward God. That first Selah, after verse 3, it's a, it's a pause, it's a pivot, it's a praise. Don't let what you see tell you that I'm not for you. Come on, church, listen to what he's saying. Even the whole world is turned upside down. You can run to him because he is your refuge. He is your strength. This morning, during worship in this place, I don't know if you felt it in your house, but we felt it so powerfully here, amen, in this place, especially when we started singing All Hell King Jesus. When we started to sing that out, I just felt the presence of God in an overwhelming way. His presence, he is with you. Watch Psalms 46, verse 4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God and a holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now let me, let me just share to you why I believe this is so important. Because on Palm Sunday, Jesus didn't send someone to represent him. He, he didn't send his disciples on into Jerusalem without him to say, the king is coming. Hello, someone. He didn't send a representative. He came himself. He is in their midst. He was in the middle of all of it. And it was so exciting and so amazing to them that Jesus was actually there. That the king of kings was actually there. That they broke out into song and said, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. God promises us shelter when we seek him, church. On Palm Sunday, Jesus comes riding into Jerusalem as a sign that the king was present. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but maybe, listen, maybe when you were little and you were scared and something was going on and, and you didn't know how to handle your fear, when your daddy showed up, all that fear faded away. Come on, somebody. Hey, my daddy's present. I'm going to be all right. Things are going to be good. Things are going to be settled. Things are going to be put back like they're supposed to. See, on Palm Sunday, Jesus comes riding in to demonstrate to us that the king is present. You need to know right now God has not abandoned planet earth. God is working in the midst of who we are and what's going on. Listen, verse 4 paints this picture, and it's easy for us to miss. Let me, get, let me, let me just point it out to you real quick here because you don't want to miss this. The city of God is Jerusalem. Somebody say amen. amen. Yes, it is. And it's a very beautiful city. And it's incredible, but it does not have a river running through it like all the other major cities did. 
Babylon was built on the Euphrates. Egypt was built on the Nile. Rome was built on the Tiber. Jerusalem does not have a physical river, but it has something very, even better than that. It's got the very presence of God. Come on, somebody. The title, the Most High, refers to God in the highest of all. He is sovereign and supreme, and he is present with us. Jesus is a king who doesn't want to rule from a tower high up and unaccessible from his people. He's a king that comes riding in the midst of his people. And I want you to know today on Palm Sunday in the midst of what we expect to be the worst week with COVID-19, God says, I am king and I'll be in your midst. I have come to be present with you. It's no coincidence that our worst week yet is supposed to come during Holy Week. When we celebrate Jesus among us, we start this week off by celebrating Hosanna. Hosanna. And I want you to understand this. When God is present, his grace flows like a river that brings gladness to the joy of his people. When an ocean rages and foams, God's presence is depicted as a calm and gentle flowing stream. God's favor, church, is denoted as a river. Watch Psalms 36, verse 8. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. Isn't that amazing when you put it together? His presence represents happiness. His presence represents abundance. His presence represents peace. His presence represents who he is when everything is falling apart. His presence says to us, I am with you. Palm Sunday says to us, Jesus is with us. God's presence with his people is one of the central truths in the scripture. That's why Christianity is such a powerful, powerful thing on planet earth. Every other religion, their God, the thing they worship is somewhere else. But Christianity is a faith that says our God is with us. Come on, someone. And we we start Holy Week with a celebration that says, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He is present with us. I love it. Verse 5 says that God is in the midst of her. Verse 7 declares the Lord of hosts is with us. This is from this word Emmanuel, which means God with us that Matthew used, right? This means that when we put our faith in Jesus, we have God with us at all times. Somebody say amen. Last part of verse 5, God will help her at the break of day. I want you to know this thing's going to break. Come on, somebody. I don't know what you've been praying, but I've been praying, amen, about Passover. I've been praying that Passover would be just like it was in the Scripture, that the blood of Jesus is applied to the doorposts of our life, and that this thing would fade off as fast as it came. Come on, what if Passover was a day where this thing broke and was gone as fast as it appeared? What if it was gone? What if it's something God is using to demonstrate that he is alive and well? That the blood of Jesus applied to the doorpost of our life is enough to protect us when the death angel passes over. Come on, somebody. I love it. God is present with his people even when nations raise, even when kingdoms totter. You and I as Americans, we're living in in probably one of the greatest economies that we've experienced in our lifetime. And that was just a few weeks ago. 
and in the blink of an eye overnight, it comes crashing down. It's a fool who puts his trust in the things of this world. God will demonstrate that to us over and over and over again. And if he's got to crash the economy of the world to do it so that we would see him for who he really is, King of kings and Lord of lords, all we need, our refuge, he is enough for us. He is our portion, and that's what God will do. He is more interested in being your king than he is you being comfortable. I'm just going to preach to you. God is present with his people. No matter how bad things get, I want you to know and understand wherever you're at right now, whatever you're doing, you can count on the presence of God. His promise is, I am the King of kings and the Lord of lords. His promise is, I, I, I am present with you. That's why he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be present. The scripture teaches us that he is a very present help in a time of need. God's not playing hide and go seek from you. Hello, somebody. The Lord of hosts is with us. Y'all need to listen to me. Psalms 24.10 says, he, it, Who is he? The king of glory? The Lord of he. Uh, the Lord of he is the king of glory. And then again, boom, Selah. Pause right there. Think about it for a minute. Who is he? He's asking us a question, and I say to you today that he's the king who comes riding triumphantly in the midst of chaos. Come on, I said Jesus is the king who comes riding triumphantly in the midst of chaos. And in the midst of chaos, when everybody's hearts were downtrodden and broken, when everyone was afraid and feared for their life, when they didn't know what the future would happen, when they saw the king come riding triumphantly, the Bible says instantly they broke out into praise. Instantly they started to celebrate that the king is with us. Hosanna, Hosanna, they cried out. COVID-19 is here, but Palm Sunday reminds me, so is Jesus. I said, COVID-19 is here, but Palm Sunday reminds me, so is Jesus. Hey, COVID-19 is here, but it won't be here forever. But Jesus is here, and he ain't going nowhere. He's sitting on the throne. He's still King of kings and Lord of lords. My Jesus is here to stay. Boy, I wish somebody would get excited. In the middle of a pandemic, on Palm Sunday, the Bible says, hey, I want you to pivot. I want you to praise. I want you to declare who you are. The, in the middle of a pandemic, the Bible says, Selah, pause, pivot, and praise. Y'all not listening to me. We need a t-shirt that says Selah, and under it, it means pause, pivot, and, pivot, and praise. Hello, somebody. I don't know it, but you need to sing it again. Let me tell you one last thing I want to share with you this morning. His power. This is what we need to hear right now. His power. He's above you. Watch Psalms 46. It is so good. Verse 8. Come, behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolation on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth he breaks the bow and shatters the spear he burns the chariots with fire be still and know that i am god 
I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You need to see this everywhere. Every political leader, every medical person we hear talk about this thing. COVID-19 says we're in a war. We're in a war. We're in a war. And yet I read in the scripture... Psalms 46, verse 9, he makes wars to cease. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. We can depend on God during times like this because his promise and his presence and because of his power. Are y'all listening to me? See, I think that in the, we see the heart of God here in verses 8 through 11. We see them. Maybe you should just circle those in your Bible and say, look at the heart of God. Look at the heart of God. And verse 8, it tells us, come and behold the works of the Lord. We're to run, we're to pursue, we're to behold. Behold is the idea of this vivid and this emotional involvement. Like they did on Palm Sunday. They, they, were, they were seeing Jesus for who he was, was. They beheld him in all his glory. And because of that, there was an emotional involvement. They began to sing and cry out. If you've been following us uh, and, and Breno and the Limas on the, on the prayer evenings, you see that during those prayer times, Lord, we just break out into song. It's appropriate. It's appropriate. Because we're beholding the Lord as we pour our heart out before him. Let me say this to you. You need to write this down. I'm going to put it on the screen so you can see it. We become what we behold. You need to receive that. If you're watching the TV and all you're doing is beholding the bad news, you're getting emotionally involved in it. Come on, somebody. Fear is going to grip your heart and you're going to become fearful. We become what we behold. That's why the psalmist says, behold the works of the Lord. It didn't say, behold the falling apart of the earth. He said, I feel like the earth is falling apart. I feel like what God did in Genesis chapter 1 is coming undone. But I have stopped. I have paused. I have pivoted. And now I am praising because I behold the works of the Lord. He makes the wars to cease. Tell me what you're beholding and I'll tell you what you're becoming. You might want to write that down. You might want to tweet that out. You might want to post that right now where you're at. I'm going to say it again because it's good. You need to listen to this. Tell me what you're beholding, and I'll tell you what you're becoming. This Bible says, this, this portion of Scripture in the Bible says, Behold the works of the Lord. The word desolation means ruin. It means come to an end. It, it, means, it means it's all over. It means it's wasting away. It means horror. And listen, I've been amazed. I want you to understand, I have been amazed at how people have been seeking the Lord right now. Come on, somebody. We've seen more responses to our ministry time. We've seen more responses through our, our, the stuff that our ministry has been doing online and the way we've been reaching out and touching people. And we've had more questions. And even though we're hunkered down, even though we've been told to, to shelter in place, I believe that there is a hunger that is building for the Lord that is like never before. There's a hunger that's being stirred. And I say to us as a church, let's live on mission. Our location may have changed, but our mission remains the same. And that is to reflect the glory of God and to lift him up on high. 
He's positioned in verse 9 as the almighty God. He makes wars to end on the earth. He, the Bible says he breaks the bow and he shadows the spear. He even burns the chariots with fire. Let me tell you something. A broken bow is no value. A spear that is shattered is no longer effective. Come on, somebody. Chariots set on fire can't function. Let's be honest. Right now, let's just, hasn't it felt like there's nothing we can do to stop this virus? We felt helpless at every turn. We felt hopeless at every turn. I want to say this to you very clear on Palm Sunday. In his position, God is in charge. Come on, somebody. COVID-19 has ripped away the illusion that we ever had that we're in control over our lives. Listen, (laughs) it's through the death and resurrection of Jesus that God shatters the sin of the world and destroys the plan of Satan. He has broken the bondage so we don't have to burn in the fires of hell. That last part in verse 10 is incredible. Watch this. He says to us, listen, the psalmist begins to let the Lord speak here. Watch this. And he says, you can just hear the heart of the Lord. You can hear the cry, the voice of the Lord. You can hear him say, watch this. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Come on, church. Palm Sunday is given to us as a day to remind us of his position and his power over the whole earth. Jesus' triumph is supreme over all the nations. He didn't say, I'll be exalted in, in America. He didn't say, I'd be exalted in the UK. He didn't say, I'd be exalted in Brazil. He didn't say, I'd be ex-. He said, I'll be exalted in the whole earth. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. No matter what happens, remember this. God will be exalted among the nations. He's working out all things for his glory and for our ultimate good. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You can trust him. You can trust the one who comes riding triumphantly. Jesus Christ is the Lord of all history. He's the Lord of all things future. And I want you to understand this morning, as we begin our celebration of Holy Week, different than we've ever done it in our whole entire lives. If you're like me, listen, maybe you're not like me. I want to tell you, I was not raised in the church. I mean, my family was bad. We just didn't go to church. But I remember getting saved in September of 1992. And I remember my first Easter in 1993 as a born-again believer, as a Christian. I remember the church we went to for sunrise service, the Baptist Church in Chipley, Florida. I remember going to our own church, Calvary Temple Worship Center in Chipley, Florida, for the regular service. I remember that. My wife and I still have a picture of us on that Sunday morning, taken by Pastor Rick. And we see that picture, and we can remember, we look back over those things. 
And I need you to understand God is the God of, Jesus is the God of history and he's the God of everything that's going to happen. Nothing has happened outside of his plan. Nothing ever leaves him bewildered or astonished. Nothing ever catches him by surprise. This year, we'll all celebrate Easter different than we've ever celebrated it before. I want you to hear me, and this is much more powerful than any meme could ever be because of the truth of it. Don't be discouraged by that. On Easter, we celebrate something that's empty anyway, called the tomb. The church building may be in empty, but I want you to rest. The tomb is too. It's so good. Through an incredible upheaval. Listen to what the psalmist says. Though the mountains fall into the sea. Though COVID-19 rages through the earth. Those who know Jesus Christ have nothing to fear. Wherever this coronavirus leads. Whatever catastrophe and confusion it causes. Whatever happens as the nations rage against each other, I'm always amazed that somebody is more interested in trying to find who is to blame for it than to look to the one who can save us over it. No matter what happens, we can pause, we can pivot, and we can praise. Hello, somebody. Because his promise, his presence, his power, it's here with us. It's time to cease from striving. And it is time on Palm Sunday to surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me give you some things to do here. And and I want you to pay attention to me as I go through this. Because I think this is the most important part of what I've got to say today as we start Holy Week. The first thing you need to do in the midst of all of this as you listen to me is if you're not right with Jesus, you need to get right with God. Coronavirus is a terrible thing, but hell is even worse. If you don't know Jesus because you aren't born again, you are in deep trouble. And you need to surrender your life. The world has been infected by a virus a long time ago that is worse than coronavirus. It's the virus of sin. And the only healing for that is the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Coronavirus or no coronavirus, each one of us is only one step away from death anyway. Watch this. In Samuel 23, David said, Yet as surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, there's only a step between me and death. We're all going to die one way or the other. Get ready. You need to get right with God. Get ready. Number two, for the return of Jesus. He's coming back. He said, if I go, I'm coming back. All of this serves as a reminder to the world that this world ain't going to last forever. Coronavirus is a sign to us that this world ain't going to last forever. There is an end coming and Jesus is coming back and we better be ready. Luke chapter 21 says nations will rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. There will be great earthquakes in various places, famines and pestilence. At the very minimum, this pandemic should remind us of an even greater event that's more sudden than the than coronavirus that awaits this world. 
And if you're a believer, the third thing you need to do is tell people about Jesus. Now more than ever, you need to share your security in Christ. I've been, remo- I've been, I've been moved like you by watching first responders and medical professionals as they're doing all they can to help. But I wonder if I exhibit the same zeal to rescue people who are trapped in their sin. I'm not a medical professional. I can't do what they do. But I can have the same zeal to rescue people from their sin. I'm going to say this to you. A crisis always creates an opportunity to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I said a crisis always creates an opportunity to share the love of Jesus. Luke 21, 13, it says, this will be your opportunity to bear witness. There's an unprecedented openness to Jesus Christ right now. Talk to your friends, talk to your family about your relationship with Jesus. Don't hold back. Let's be bold and point people to Christ. And last but not least here, listen to me, I want, to be, I want you to be the church. Be the church. Even though we can't meet in person, I long for that day as much as you. This situation has highlighted the importance of the church acting like the church. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, I'll read part of it. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. You've been taught. You've already been taught how to be the church. We have Bible studied ourselves to death. We are so busy studying the Bible that we don't live the Bible. And now we've got an opportunity to do what we have been taught. And that is live the scripture. It says, devote yourselves to what you've been taught and to your fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer. Now is the time to pray more than ever. Sometimes we go to prayer and we feel like we're not doing anything. But I want you to understand it was Jesus himself. When, when, when everyone was fussing about Mary, Jesus looked at him and said, she has chosen the one thing that is needful, and that is to sit at my feet, and that will not be taken away from her. Martha was complaining. She's not doing anything. And Jesus says she's doing the most important thing. She's spending time with me. Church, join us in prayer. Join us in prayer. We'll be back on prayer on Monday night at 6 p.m. Join us for prayer. We, We can't do anything but pray, but we can pray. And this is so important. It is so important for you to remember that prayer is a powerful thing. The Bible says, awe came upon every soul, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. Stop playing games. Life is so fragile. While this virus may indeed awaken our world, my prayer is that it's awakened the sleeping giant of the church. And that we'll wake up and we will resolve to show and share the gospel of Jesus Christ like we've never done before. In the midst of our problem, I want you to understand on Palm Sunday, it's no coincidence that Jesus demonstrates himself as a king who's riding in to save the world. And I encourage you this morning, put your faith in Jesus. And I want to pray with you right now. And the worship team's going to sing. We're going to pray this prayer, and then we're going to worship one line time. That's how we're going to close today. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Father, I'm a sinner. 
I've sinned against you. And right now, I repent of my sins. I ask you to wash me and cleanse me in the blood of Jesus Christ. To cast my sin as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. I thank you, Father, that you have saved me. And I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Satan, I renounce you in Jesus' name. I now serve the king who came riding triumphantly on Palm Sunday. He is my king. He is my Lord. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. If you said that prayer, I believe you're born again. And if you said that prayer and you don't have a home church, make contact with us. Right there on your screen, there's probably some way to get a hold. Put it in the comments. Let us know. We will make sure someone touches base with you. If you rededicated your life today, this morning, we want to know about it. Thank you today for listening to this word. such a powerful, powerful word. As we start our celebration of Holy Week, we know Jesus is coming. And Easter is going to demonstrate the power of a resurrected King. God bless you. Will you worship with us this morning? Thank you for being here. God bless. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 6. There's a blessing that is given to all of us. So we just want to.